0: York's talk station with the King of New York, Curtis Lewa, 77 WABC. Don't get nervous, ladies and gentlemen, the invasion uh, has not taken over the country. This is uh, Daddy Yankee, Yankee, Daddy. Right, Daddy Yankee. Right, right, Lou. That's right, Daddy. Who's your daddy? Daddy Yankee. Huh? He was the King of reggaeton. Go back in 2004. There was nobody bigger than Daddy Yankee, but it's an American by birth. Birthed in the Commonwealth of Puerto Rico. But remember how important he became, or they thought he became important, to the attempt of John McCain and Sarah Palin to get elected over uh, Barack Obama. Remember that drill, baby, drill? Daddy Yankee had endorsed John McCain and Sarah Palin, and naturally there were Latino, Latina activists who called him utreditor. Even though McCain and Palin lost, afterwards people still came to the uh, Daddy Yankee concerts, right? But it was the first serious attempt of the GOP to try to start luring over Latino and Latina votes that had been in the back pocket of the Democrats for quite some time. But there was that time in which this song, Gasolina, was culturally appropriated by McCain and Palin with the permission of that Yankee who endorsed McCain-Palin to try to promote the fact that we needed to drill, baby, drill. Drill in our uh, our national parklands. Drill offshore. Remember, uh, they actually, I believe it was John McCain and Sarah Palin, went to an oil depot drilling site in the Gulf of Mexico uh, and actually promoted that. Did that uh, sway any votes? Did that help him uh, beat Barack Obama? No, no. The, the surge was on. And there was really no hate in that election. Nobody hated John McCain. Nobody hated Barack Obama. He was going to be the first, uh, actually, uh, Lou, the second uh, African-American president right after Bill Clinton. <laughs> and then yesterday, yesterday, think about it. He was stumbling and mumbling. He's ubats He's stitched. All the furniture is upstairs rearranged in the wrong rooms. The president of the United States, Joe Biden, who did not get lost in Yonkers like O'Neill's play. You know, lost in Yonkers. No, he somehow made it to Sarah Lawrence uh, University College. Your all-female college, although I know there are some guys who go there now. He wasn't meandering along South Broadway near McLean Avenue, the border between uh, Yonkers and the Bronx. He wasn't in Getty Square, a.k.a. Ghetto Square. He didn't go to Schlobein Projects or Mumford Gardens. He didn't go over to the Racino at the Yonkers Raceway or to the mall. No, 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 no. He didn't go up to Nodine Hill. But he got on that stage. He practically uh, took a mulligan. Took a dive, Lou. Uh, I saw him stumble there. He almost like uh, crashed. But luckily they were able to catch him before he went down for the count. And then he said something that made absolutely no sense whatsoever. But again, this is the president we have now. This is the president we have chosen. Unfortunately, we may be stuck with this uh, president until the next Electoral process gives us an opportunity to vote for a new president of the United States. Thank you. No more drilling. There is no more drilling. I haven't formed any new, new drilling. I'd like to be able to... Anyway. I'm My mind's going blank now. Now imagine, Lou, if they had played this song to the crowd gathered at Sarah Lawrence University yesterday as President Joe Biden stumbled and mumbled his way to saying there is no drilling, there is no drilling. Oh my God, is this guy who bots. And then there was Kathy Crimeway of Holcomb hugging him. I think she was hugging him to keep him from falling down. She hugged him. Huggy bear, huggy bear. Oh, (laughs) Oh, was that embarrassing or what? And look, look, let's get real here. Let's get very real. We've seen all the news reports talk about how they brought the big guns out. I love the big guns. Bill and Hillary, Giggles, (laughs) Harris. Oh, they brought them all out on the Democratic side. There's Barack Obama out there. I haven't seen Michelle. I don't know. Maybe that's their secret weapon. I haven't seen Michelle Obama out there on the campaign trail for the Democrats. And then you've seen on the Republican side, George Pataki out for Zeldin. You saw uh, Rudy Giuliani, uh, his son, who will be here at 2 o'clock today. You don't want to miss it on the Greg Kelly show. It will be uh, Republican versus Democrat. Anthony Weiner defending the Democrats. And Andrew Giuliani taking him on in a debate at 2 o'clock with Greg Kelly as the referee. Obviously, Andrew... uh, Supporting the Republican slate. There should be a lot of fireworks. Uh, Boy, that's like uh, two scorpions in a brandy class. No doubt about it. You don't want to miss it. It's compelling radio. You're not going to see anything like this on TV. Don't even bother watching the TV broadcast because they just got you in the loop. They got you in the loop. I'm telling you the truth here. Not one of these big guns that have been brought out in the waning days of the campaign are going to move one vote. Not one. It's like Lou. You go to Fourth uh, of July uh, celebration, Memorial Day, and they fire the cannons. There's no cannonballs in the cannon. It's all it's all powder. That's all these. Imagine them. They are cannons. They fire them on the Democratic side, the Republican side, because he gets free media attention. The bigger the person, the more the media attention. It doesn't cost you any money. Media attention. It may cost you money. They have. Get these uh, high-profile Democrats or Republicans to support you in a lot of different ways. We'll we'll save that for another show. But let's look who um, Lee Zeldin brought out. He was up in Orange County. It was Saturday night, and then all of a sudden, the woman Frank Marano, the other side of midnight, has been trying to get on his broadcast. And he has failed miserably. Tulsi Gabbard, lady in white, recently a Democrat, she's now a Republican. She took to the stage in Orange County on behalf of Lee Zeldin before a packed crowd. Take that time to really think about who you can have a heart-to-heart conversation with. Because every single vote counts. Who are the people who are in a position to be a check on the mandates that are coming from the federal government to the state? It's the governor. There's nobody out there in the waning moments of the campaign who's going to say, "Oh, Tulsi Gabbard supporting Lee Zeldin. I'm, support- I'm going to vote for Lee Zeldin." Does anybody believe that nonsense? <laughs> Does anybody believe that a person said, "Oh, I saw Joe Biden with the, uh, Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb. I'm certainly going to be supporting her." Are you out of your minds? Come on, let's get real. This is sort of like uh, what do you think? It's like giving steroids. Uh, to a ball player before they go out there in the seventh game of the World Series. So like yesterday, Jets upsetting the Buffalo Bills, you know, and all of a sudden a, a major horse race, and you think that horse was roided up to win the Triple Crown? No, that's all this is. It's hype. Don't believe the hype. And then who weighs in at the very last second? A man of the hour because he's dominating attention after his $44 billion purchase of Twitter. He's laying people off. He's changing formats. So Elon Musk, uh, Lou, has urged Americans to vote the GOP in during the midterm elections to curb the worst excesses of the Democrats. He's urged undecided voters. Do we really think there are any undecided voters left? I mean, come on, let's get real here. And by the way, who out there is saying, oh. Elon Musk, he just tweeted me. He said that I really should vote the GOP in the midterms to curb the worst excesses of Democrats. Not one person. Come on, get over it. Oh, you listen to WABC, the number one news talk station in the nation. You think anybody listening to WABC, Lou, hasn't already made up their mind? (laughs) It's sort of like you're talking to the choir. This is a Zeldin vote. Oh, are there some sporadic Democrats out there who may be voting for Hochul? Of course there are. But let's face it. All of our hosts and hostesses who act like they can uh, change the outcome of elections, starting with sit in the morning, uh, we're going to see it with Anthony Weiner versus Andrew Giuliani, 2 o'clock today with Greg Kelly, referee. They're not going to change one person's mind. I'm not going to change one person's mind. The power of talk radio, if it was so powerful... As a means of swaying elections, how did Barack Hussein Obama get elected twice when at one time here at WABC you had Murderer's Row of talk radio hosts? You had Rush Limbaugh on 12 to 3. You had Sean Hannity on 3 to 6. And then you had Mark Levin on 6 to 9, right? Nine straight hours. And he got elected anyway. So, come on, let's get real. You know what this is now? Because I've been involved in a lot of campaigns, not only for Democrats, for Republicans, for independents, but also my own campaign in which I lost last year, just about this time, to Eric Adams, the swagger man with no plan. You know what it gets down to? It gets down to this. Show me the money. (laughs) Show me the money. That's what it's all about. The Hessians, the mercenaries are coming out on both sides. Their jobs is to get the vote out, not to go at not go have chasing independents or unaffiliated or at this point, moderate Democrats who are going to switch over at the last second for Zeldin or maybe uh, country club Republican women who are going to say, oh, no, no, I can't support Zeldin because uh, of his stance on abortion. No, no, no. That's all over. That occurred during the campaign. Millions of dollars were spent in order to do that. Yesterday, street money was dropped in Brooklyn. In fact, Brooklyn had less turnout early uh, voting than Manhattan. Manhattan had more turnout. That's worrisome to the Democrats because that's where their vote is in Brooklyn. Mid-Brooklyn, North Brooklyn. White hipster millennials may not be coming out because they're not excited by uh, Kathy, Crime, Wave, Holcomb. And they don't really hate Zeldin Remember, Zeldin has softened his image. He's appeared with his family now, especially after that uh, vicious drive-by shooting right before Columbus Day. So it doesn't give him that, like, oh, man, you know, we hate this guy. We look at him, we, we see Trump. No, no, you don't get that feel at all. And he's, he's riding the crime issue. Right to the finish line. In fact, where is he today? 149th Street Grand Concourse, where there was another slashing. That's right. (laughs) Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan. Crime all around the subway, no matter how much overtime you give to the NYPD to curb it, which is a a political ruse. And then yesterday, the Democrats were seeding money in every black church. Pastors were being told, man, you got to get out the black vote. You don't get out the black vote. Kathy Kleinwave Holcomb goes and retires back to Erie County uh, outside of Buffalo. And so from a lot of the bully pulpits, whether it was a Zoom broadcast because some of the parishioners still can't come to church uh, because they're feeble, they're old, or maybe they're subject to getting COVID-19, or they were in the pews. The Holy Rollers were rallying their constituents to come out for Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb. And then the street money is spread. And where is Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb today, Lou? Why is she in Brooklyn? Why are all her people in Brooklyn? To make sure that the money that was spent, street money, to get the vote out actually is getting people out in the streets with palm cards. They're steering people. They're lining up buses. They're going to take them to the polls. If people live in the public housing projects, oftentimes the actual electioneering poll site is in the basement of the project where they have the scanning machines, and people are going to lead voters by hand to vote for Kathy Hochul. That's, that's her hope and desire. The route to victory is through Brooklyn and the projects in the tenements, in the brownstones, with African-American women who are 55-plus, and then to win Erie County. For Lee Zeldin, it's right in that crime train. And he's doing it every minute of the day that he has with an image that is saying, I will restore law and order. Kathy Hokel will give you more crime and more chaos. He knows New York. He is New York. Cred that the others don't have. Curtis Lewa, Talk Radio 77, WABC. Here's a little song I wrote. You might want to sing it note for note. Don't worry. Be happy. This should be the theme. For the attempt to elect Kathy Hochul, governor of the state of New York, because earlier today street workers were out throughout the borough in Brooklyn, which has the highest number of voters. But so far they're sitting at home. You look at early voting; uh, more people have early voted in Manhattan, a borough with half the population in Brooklyn. In and of itself, if Brooklyn were an independent city, it would be the fourth largest city in the United States. You look at Central Brooklyn, heavily African American. Northern Brooklyn, white hipsters, millennials. That's one big block of democratic votes. And that is what Kathy Quinweve Holcomb and the Democrats are hoping will sweep her to victory against Lee Zeldin, who definitely is surging and then obviously winning her home uh, her home uh, county of Erie County which is predominantly Democrat. And the uh, Republicans are hoping there will be a tremendous turnout of Republicans in nearby Niagara County to offset that. And that Lee Zeldin will pull an upset very similar to what George Pataki did in 1994 because they, they shocked the Cuomo uh, family. And that Pataki won Erie County by 5 percent because people hated Cuomo by then. He was running for fourth term. Quite frankly, people do not hate Hochul. They don't really really even know Hochul. They don't hate Zeldin. They really don't know him. They're not institutional figures like uh, Cuomo, who are polarizing, or like Biden, who's polarizing, or Trump, who's polarizing. Hate drives a vote, not love. Hate drives a vote. And quite frankly, you have African Americans, West Indians, Caribbeans, which is the solid base. For Democrats, they're not hating Zeldin, but they're not going to vote for Zeldin. So what Zeldin is uh, hoping is that they will stay home, that they will stay home. And, you know, that was the route to victory, Lou. A lot of people say, oh, Rudy Giuliani, our colleague here that you'll hear today from three to four, he got elected because of a phenomenal turnout from Staten Island in his second race against Dinkins. He lost the first race by 2%. He won the second race by 2%. You can say it was the turnout of white voters on Staten Island because suppression was on, excuse me, secession was on the ballot. And that was Guy Molinari, who was the kingmaker for mayors. He helped uh, anoint Rudy and then helped anoint uh, Bloomberg, and he led the secession effort. And, yeah, more white people voted from Staten Island, but that's only 5% of the population. When you looked at the analytics, the reason that Rudy got elected mayor is that black middle-class households in Southeast and South Queens stayed home. They were disappointed in David Dinkins. They did not show up to vote for Rudy Giuliani. (laughs) No way! And that's really what Team Zeldin is hoping. That the black vote, which is so important to Team uh, DNC, to the Democrats, will not be voting for Zeldin. They're just not. But they will turn out in less numbers for Hochul than, let's say, they did, uh, let's look back, 2018. 2018, two years after uh, Trump unexpectedly beat, uh, beat uh, Hillary Rodham Clinton, who was still in that fetal position there, Jacob Javitson, and she just couldn't believe she lost. Uh, there were 8 million people who voted in the gubernatorial race in New York State. Why did all of them come out and vote for Cuomo, most of them, Andrew Cuomo? Because they hated Trump. It was hate that drove that vote. And it's always hate that drives the vote. So who's out there side by side in Brooklyn? But the former Brooklyn Borough President, former state senator from Brooklyn, man who calls himself the Biden of Brooklyn, Eric Adams, the swagger man with no plan. Because of Eric Adams, uh, inability To bring law and order, instead more crime, more chaos into the streets, the parks, the subways, and the schools. Uh, If Zeldin does persevere, which I hope he does, that first call should go to Eric Adams. Hey, thanks, Eric, for doing such a lousy job. In fact, you did a worse job than Bill de Blasio did in eight years, and he took a wrecking ball to New York City. (laughs) But here's Eric Adams. He actually wants us to celebrate The fact that he claims the number of crimes in the subway system are dismal compared to what they could be. Yes, we must deal with the six felony crimes that happen on our subway every day. But we have to celebrate the 3.5 million people that ride that subway every day and get to their place of destination with no problems at all. You know, this is like Molly in ecstasy when you go to a club, Lou. It's like a mood elevator. You know, it's like, hey, give them the Molly in the ecstasy. Let's tell them, don't worry, be happy. There are only six felonies a day in the subway system. Can I hear that one more time, please? Uh, little, uh, I, I, I need to hear yes, Eric. We must deal with the six felony crimes that happen on our subway every day. But we have to celebrate the 3.5 million people that ride that subway every day and get to their place of destination with no problems at all. This is what he's saying in Brooklyn all day. And they're handing out Molly in ecstasy as you get in the subway. Hey, you know, just, just ignore everything that's going on. Be happy. Look, it's, uh, it's what? Summertime, right? Summertime in the fall. Be happy. Oh, God. Let me just give you the stats, because it's all bull feathers, as they try to um, get their base out and let them know that actually things are better than what you think they are. Obviously, they're not. They're worse. There were four stabbings on the subway system during a 24-hour period over the weekend. There was a 23-year-old man was stabbed in the chest uh, this day at the 111th Street Station in Ozone Park. Investigators said the victim boarded an A-train after he was stabbed or got off at Ozone Park's Lefford Boulevard Station. Very familiar with that. Then a 25-year-old man was slashed in the forehead while on a J-train near the Cypress Hills Station in Brooklyn. On Sunday night, a 54-year-old subway rider was stabbed in the arm around 9 p.m. while on a number 4 train near the 149th Street Grand Concourse Station in the Bronx when they attempted to to stop a man from harassing a woman. That's that's the attack that's received the most play. That's where Lee Zeldin was this morning, trying to coalesce the vote again as he rides uh, that single-issue easy pass train to the governor's mansion and uses it also as an opportunity because 149th and Grand Concourse is heavily Latino, heavily Dominican, heavily Puerto Rican, and he feels that he's got to get more of a Latino lat, lat, uh, Latina vote than have a Republicans gotten in the past. I mean, he's working off. He's going to get the white ethnic vote. He's going to get the Chinese-American, Asian-American vote. I know that because that's the vote that I won against Eric Adams. He's got to do better with Latinos and Latinas. He'll be knocking himself out if he thinks he's going to get any other black voters to cross over that DNC line. And he's not going to get hipster millennial whites who lean heavily to the left. They may just stay home because they neither hate Kathy, Crime Wave, Hochul, nor do they love her. But there may not be that energized effort by AOC, All Out Crazy, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and her Democratic Socialists of America to get out there vote because... They think they've got most of their races in hand to be continued. And then lastly, on Sunday morning, a 44-year-old subway rider was stabbed in the neck around 7 o'clock on the number 6 platform at the Morrison Avenue Soundview Station. I was just there two nights ago. And what happens is you get these homeless, emotionally disturbed guys. They stand right by the emergency door that lets you in or out of the station. And they keep it open and they say, Lou, hey, instead of swiping your Metro card, give me a dollar and I'll let you through. They do a better guard, a better job of guarding the turnstiles uh, than the cops who have been told do not do fair evaders, Do not stop fair evaders. In fact, if you all of a sudden were to go through that emergency gate and said, I'm not paying you a dollar. I'm just going to walk through. They'll get into a fight, a life and death fight. And that's apparently what happened. It was a dispute over buying subway swipes. And with all that having been said, with all that being put out there by the Democrats, be happy. You know, don't worry. Take Molly. Take ecstasy. Take your Prozac. Just show up. Do what your DNA says. Vote Democrat right on down the line. Then there are individuals like Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb. Hillary Rodham Clinton, her husband Bill Clinton, who are basically saying, we're all making this stuff up, that there really is no crime crisis uh, that is affecting the state of New York or the five boroughs. These are master manipulators. They have this conspiracy going all across America to try and convince people that in democratic states they're not as safe. Well, guess what? They're also not only election deniers; they're data deniers. The data shows that shootings and murders are down in our state by 15 percent, even in New York City, down 20 percent on Long Island, where Lee Zeldin comes from. And it's the it's the it's the Republican states, where they have almost no restrictions on guns, because of the abundance of guns, people are killing each other with more frequency. The safer places are the Democratic states. Let me amend that, Lou. Maybe they're handing out acid to LSD. So they're handing out molly, they're handing out ecstasy as a mood elevator, giving depressed people Prozac to modify them, and then giving them LSD to actually think it's safer in the subways, the streets, the parks, the schools than it's ever been before. Just look at the analytics. Here is the problem that nobody wants to talk about. Nobody wants to talk about, in fact, We'll be lucky if they pick this fumble up uh, after November 8th, after tomorrow night, when we'll get most of the results. Since 2020, a staggering 9,200 police officers have left the NYPD, 36% of whom quit before they were eligible for their full pension. 36% did not wait to 20 years, which was the norm. And the NYPD is on pace to see more than 4,000 cops retire or resign this year. Even with recruitment, it only replaces half of them. And to show you how bad the recruitment is and the graduation rate, it costs we the taxpayers $100,000 per cadet to recruit, to vet them out, to train them at College Point and then graduate them into the streets. $100,000 per cadet. The NYPD is so desperate to stem the bleeding, the exit of police officers before they've done their 20. All the efforts that are being made by other communities, Washington, D.C., Norfolk, Virginia, Suffolk, Long Island, Nassau County, to recruit active NYPD officers, usually after they've done two or three years, uh, because they're ripe to suddenly jump. They've had experience. And remember, their pay is dismal. It's absolutely dismal. When you talk to the cops, you find out that within the first five years of their servicing, all of us in the NYPD, they're making $6,000 more than what is considered the poverty line in the five boroughs for a family of four. That poverty line is $36,000. You know what the cops are making in the first five years? Lou 42500 Compare that. Compare that to the Port Authority Police. You start at $47,000, and then you move up a year later to $58,000. A group that I've never seen before in my life. Maybe you've seen it, Lou, because I know you go out there. They're Fort Tilden in the Rockaways, not far from where you live next to uh, Sid Rosenberg. And you go, whoop-a-woo, whoop-a-woo. You're a bird watcher right there Fort Tilden. The New York State Park Police who worked at five boroughs and Long Island, now receive a starting pay of $79,000. What the hell do the New York State Park Police do? And if all of a sudden you want to go to another city with crime, uh, a crime crisis, San Francisco, where people there will also tell you to F off, throw feces at you like they do here in the streets of New York City. You know what they start their police officers at, Lou? a year, and after seven years, they make $150,000. So you say if you're in San Francisco, where you got all these junkies, you have these uh, degenerates, you have people emotionally disturbed, you have people flipping off the cops, fighting the cops, you figure, hey, uh, better to do that in San Francisco than do that in New York City, because I get disrespected in New York City, and I make one-third less to pay, this is the looming crisis. In fact, ladies and gentlemen, it is so bad that they actually have the Eric Adams administration. They're sending community affairs officers from the precincts knocking on doors. No, 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 not to get the vote out, not to convert to Jehovah Witnesses or Mormons. Knocking on doors of people who passed the police exam but never moved forward with the hiring process. Basically to say to him, don't you really want to be a cop? And they're telling them, no, <laughs> you get disrespected. You don't make enough money. And quite frankly, we see everything disintegrating. This is the real problem, and nobody's talking about it. But I'm going to talk about it. It's not going to move any votes in the waning moments, but it has to be de- dealt with, whether it's uh, Lee Zeldin who becomes governor that's what I'm working hard to do or if it's Kathy Crimewave Holcomb again. We got a recruitment problem, and we have a retention problem. When you have both, it's a perfect storm. It's a freaking disaster. Check this out. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis And You can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. And there's no stopping us right now. There's no stopping us right now. Wow. Really, Lou? They're giving me a brush? I'm out There's at 5840? No right I've given you more news than you've had all day long. From the streets, not from the suites. That makes no sense. But as the promo says, Curtis when knows where all the bones are buried and Who buried it? He knows more about New York City than anyone who lives a breeze. And they're taking... Like a minute and a half away from me, giving me a brisk? What are they, having uh, Rabbi Joe Potashnik do it blindfolded with a moil? Oh, that makes a lot of sense. But anyway, ladies and gentlemen, as I've told you now, there is no big guns who are going to be getting out any votes on either side in the waiting moments in the campaign. Nobody said it better than the former RNC chairman who became the first chief of staff of... uh, Donald Trump as president, then rinse out Priebus. Uh Can we go to rinse out Priebus as he discussed the neck and neck campaign in Wisconsin? Remember, it is a state of only six million people, three and a half million registered voters, only half of whom that will show up. It's neck and neck with U.S. Senator Ron Johnson, slightly ahead in the polls against uh, his Democratic adversary. Uh, Mandela, who has had the tremendous support of Barack Obama in the waning days. And Rinsoul Priebus is telling you exactly what it comes down to, 50,000 votes in which both sides are spending a total of $200 million. So in Wisconsin, you're going to spend $200 million fighting over 50,000 votes that are in the middle. So $4,000 a vote. That means when you take your data and digital operation and your ground game, you're spending all that money to move those people. They know everything about those voters. They know what beer they drink, what car they drive, how many kids they have, what color their car is. And when you put all that stuff together, you can actually predict how people are going to vote. That's really what being a chairman is. It's being in charge of a lot of boring things that target voters, that turn out voters, so that... When there's only 50,000 people you're fighting over and you're spending $200 million, that's it's crazy, that, crazy by the numbers. Way. Think about that, ladies and gentlemen. That's just a little slice of this election, midterm election, all across the country. Rinsal Priebus was being honest. Both sides in that U.S. senatorial election have raised a total of $200 million, $100 million apiece, to go after only 50,000 voters. If they gave each of those voters, as Rentschel previous said, gave them $4,000, that would be it. But no, this is where the Hessians and the mercenaries, the consultants come in. This is where they have to earn their money in the last 72 hours to get those very few meager people who will probably vote but haven't yet made up their minds. Meantime, ladies and gentlemen, thanks to Trinity Rehab. All the content I provide here at 77 WABC now has a digital home. That's right. Everyone of my on-air shows podcasted, the Curtis Network News Network video podcast, and my social media posts can be found at wabcradio.com slash Curtis. So if you miss me on the radio, you have no need to worry. Thanks for Trinity Rehab. I now have a digital home at WABCradio.com slash Curtis. Can't wait to hear the news that's coming up because I just gave you, what, 43 minutes of news that you had no idea about.